Well, the haters gonna hate, 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 and the fakers gonna fake, 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 baby. I'm just gonna make, 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 making luck, making luck. A podcast. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Making Luck, a Dominion podcast. I'm Adam Horton, and with me once again is Jake. Hi, Jake. How are you? Hello, Adam. I am great, and as always, we do want to start out by announcing the results of our weekly raffle. Winston Windle, congratulations. You have won a brand new Golden Retriever puppy. As we discussed, you can text us the address of any IHOP of your choice, and we'll meet you in the parking lot and give you your new puppy. It's adorable. I know. It's a really nice puppy. Here, here she comes. Hi, puppy. Here she comes. Hi, puppy. Oh. Uh, you're going to love this puppy. Yeah, she and doesn't have it. you're going to be glad you tuned into Making Luck, a Dominion podcast. <laughs> I was I was just, just going to say the same thing. Yes, and <laughs> next week, of course, we want to announce the prize. It is going to be an Emperor Scorpion, and this time we're going to ship it out to you. Now, this isn't going to have packaging to it. You are going to receive a box in the mail, and that box will contain a scorpion. <laughs> and if you're not prepared for that, that is your problem, not ours. <laughs> I, I think so, the puppy is going to be more adorable than the scorpion. <laughs> Hey, that depends on your sensibilities. Okay. And again, it's fair. You need to be prepared before you open a box with a scorpion in it. So be think twice before you win this raffle. Yeah. That's right. Before you think decide twice. to make enough luck to win the raffle. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay, very good. Uh well, now now that we've gotten that out of the way, uh yes. <laughs> Uh, why don't why don't we talk about uh, some of the stuff that we were doing at the end of the the last episode, the bread of the podcast sandwich, if you will. Mm. Uh, so there were there were four kingdoms we talked about, and then one of them we decided we were going to play. Um, the one we decided we were going to play, uh, we'll talk about it first. Although there's some other things from last episode that we got some good feedback on that we'll address. So the kingdom we have herbalist masterpiece trade route. Workshop, Cemetery, Phaedum, Sauna Avanto, Sentry, Pillage, Replace, Lost Arts, and Aqueduct. Once more, for our audio-only listeners, Herbalist, Masterpiece, Trade Route, Workshop, Cemetery, Phaedum, Sauna Avanto, Sentry, Pillage, Replace, and Lost Arts and Aqueduct. Oh, yeah, and if you remember, a lot of our discussion about this uh, came around how you opened. We kind of both agreed that Sana Avanto was a, going to be a highly contested pile here. Uh, I thought that meant you opened Sana Silver, and Adam, you thought that uh, Workshop Workshop would have been better for eventually getting that Sana Avanto split. Uh, yeah, the, the double Workshop had gaining cemeteries in mind to trash pretty quickly, it is the fastest way to thin your deck, and I thought the second workshop could be used to like gain saunas as you were thinning your deck. Um, which I do kind of, I kind of like that opening. There was a little bit of disagreement. We both seemed to think that getting lots of saunas and avantos was important, but mm -hmm. you know, we we had focused on the opening. 
We also had some disagreement about what you do from there. Um, and again, we both saw Sona Vanto as a fantastic vehicle for keeping your deck moving, but Adam wanted to focus on Masterpiece and Phaedom as his main point endgame and payload, and I saw Replace. Yeah, and I saw Re- Replace as being a good place to go with your deck. Sure. I mean, I think I mean, Masterpiece and Phaedom, uh, they're good together, right? Uh, they have synergy. Uh and that deck really wants a lot of draw, and, you know, the only way to increase your hand size is Avanto, actually. So, like, you want those, and you want to be able to play them. Uh, it turns out having a lot of Saunas uh, normally helps you play a lot of Avantos, but uh, here there's Lost Arts, so if you bork the Sauna split, yep. it's actually not a huge deal. Uh, it's just getting Avantos and playing Avantos and, and doing stuff with them. That seems to be pretty important to just about any deck that you want to build. So I, I had the idea that like building an engine. Oh, I just said the e word. Gross. Building a higher <laughs> payload deck, a deck that draws a lot of cards, uh, and then transitioning it to masterpiece Fatum is going to be stronger than just straight up going for masterpiece Fatum and maybe like throwing in a workshop or something. And I believe that that's true. I also think that if you build a higher payload deck that draws a bunch of cards and gets a lot of Sanas and Avantos, you get the choice of what you want to do. So you could go into Masterpiece Fatum, or you can go for Replace if that's going to be appropriate. And I think there's a time and a place for each of those things. Yeah, and a lot of it comes down to reading the board, looking at what your opponents do, deciding how important it is to contest them. Um, if your opponent gets pretty far along in silver flooding, contesting Feyata may be something you consider doing, um, especially if you're building a deck that draws itself and you just trash the Feyata anyway and get something else you want. Getting some of those points out of the general supply for them can be an effective tactic. Yeah, so like Feyata is good when you have access to eight of them, and it's a lot less good when you only have access to four, right? Um, yeah. So contesting the fade pile is important. Also, giving them the purples uh, turns out to be <laughs> kind of a big deal because Masterpiece yeah. is your enabler here. Uh, you know, every every time they draw a curse, that's like one or two silvers that they're not getting, and, and that can have a snowball effect as well. So I think Replace yeah. is pretty well positioned to play against a Masterpiece Fadem deck um, if if they've just gone straight for it. However, you know, if, if we both go for Sauna Avanto relatively evenly split it, then, you know, Masterpiece Fatum could be a lot better because the purples don't hurt as much because Sauna Silver, you know, you just trash them a lot of the time and you don't care. Um, That's also, true. Also, Replace can be uh, a little... It can be difficult to score a good number of points. So if you can get a lot of points quickly with Masterpiece Fatum... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be in good shape against a replace deck that's going to struggle to actually get a points lead on you. Yeah, it it can, especially if you have kept your deck viable to the point that you're consistently able to trash everything you want to. Or, you know, in other words, you're consistently drawing your deck. The other thing, again, coming back to that snowball effect, is that once you take a few purples, you'd think there's a lot of defense to that in the form of trade route, in the form of Sana Vanto trashing, in the form of Sentry. And there is, but you have to not fall too far behind 
because you need to be able to get the cards in your hand that you want to trash and then have the cards that trash them. So Yeah, you'd need Avantos for that. You, There's really no way around that fact. Right, you can't show weakness on this board. Right. So, it, so getting uh, thin is... in the water. Yeah, and, and th- that's the case on a lot of boards. Like, even yeah. if you're going to play something money-ish and you wouldn't normally trash coppers, like, threats of being junked suddenly make you want to mm-hmm. trash the coppers so you can respond effectively. And and that's yeah. that's a great analogy with the blood in the water. I'm I'm going to steal that. Do you mind? <laughs> I'll go for it. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that is that is true of a lot of boards. And also on the other side of it, if you have picked up a little bit of thinning and there's some... It, and the thinning is really strong, and there's also some junking, so your opponent uh, didn't go for the thinning. Punish them. You know, get do some junking that you wouldn't have normally done. There's chapel out, and your opponent didn't buy it. Buy the sea hag that you were going to ignore. Punish yeah. them. A lot of times mid-game junking, like not worrying about junking until you see your opponent is vulnerable to it, can be very yeah. good. So, you know, make sure you pay attention to what, what the other guy's doing. It can be satisfying too. It's it, pretty good to. It's pretty good to. <laughs> right, I know. It's pretty depressing uh, to have all these bad cards you don't want in your deck, and look at the kingdom and see the tools to be able to trash them, and know that you didn't have to be in the position, and you yeah. are. Feels bad, man. Yeah. So. so... The other interesting thing, though, about this board is the Lost Arts token, and do you put it down, and where do you put it? Uh, yeah, if you want consistently consistency, you put it on Sana and Avanto, but like, you could just put it on Replace um, and be okay yeah. in some cases. That that tends to be good if you um, didn't get a lot of Avantos, but you want a high density of replaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems a little weird or to me th- to do that, but I could see some cases where it's okay. The other thing is that if you have a bu- if you win the sauna of Onto splits by enough, your deck is so reliable in terms of drawing through itself that putting you don't really need the extra actions on sauna of Onto, so putting it on replace, you know, keeps that path to victory very viable hmm. um okay sure it, it seems a little i mean i would put on sauna Avanto more than i would put on replace but i mean i could see situations where you want it there sure yeah so we had we had both said a different opening that we liked jake liked the sauna silver i liked the workshops um and we we both played both sides of the opening here's the thing one of the things I don't like about opening Sana Silver is that when they don't collide, you're sad, and I don't like being sad. Right. So that's one thing that turned me off from it. And so, like, this is real swingy, right? If the Sana and the Silver collide, you are definitely better off than you were going for Workshop, I think. And and I think that's not close. And I think if they don't collide, uh, I think you're a little better off going for the Workshops, right? Would you say? Yeah. But, of course, then if the workshops collide, then the other guy's better off. So yeah. If the workshops collide without the haunted mirror, then you're pretty right. sad. So, oh, yeah. Bear in mind that because Cemetery is involved, we had haunted mirror and ghost. That drove a little bit of our decision making. Yeah, that was, that was part of it. I mean, I tend to go for a more consistent play. It's a play style thing. I mean... 
if you were going to min-max this and calculate how far ahead you are versus the increase or decrease in probability, I mean, you go ahead, whatever. One thing I did, though, uh, I would – what you shouldn't do if you open Double Workshop is get cemeteries a lot and thin aggressively. You want one cemetery early, and then you want to start getting those saunas. You, you don't want to get only one sauna. You don't want to let your opponent get four of those. That's real bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the problem when you see Sauna Vanto. And to a lesser degree, any pile you want to contest is that if you thin too much to the point that – you don't have the payload to contest that pile. You might find out that it's gone by the time you're back in the game. <laughs> Feels um, bad, man. Yeah, and Adam and I both kind of played around Cemetery a little differently, too. Um, you tended to buy it as we chaining it with your workshop or buying it at the end of your turn to have access to consistent trashing, whereas I played it a little more like I would play Mint, and I kind of... Uh, use it as a product of opportunity. I wanted to buy a cemetery really only when I was going to trash a lot of what I wanted to trash or when I was going to get a lot of aqueduct points for buying it. You and your aqueduct. You love those VP <laughs> tokens, man. Sometimes I think you love them too much. I know. They they clink around in front of you. They're shiny. You can fidget with them? You can put them in your mouth. <laughs> Oh man, my cousin, my cousin and I would play baseball themed Monopoly when we were kids. I didn't know any better. I please judge me, but just wow. know that I know better now. Okay, and like <laughs> my favorite piece was the baseball cap. And so one day, just to make me mad, he like put it on his tongue and was pretending like he was gonna you know put it in his mouth, and then he accidentally swallowed it. And I was so mad oh, at him. <laughs> I was so mad at him for that. And it's a shame he didn't make it. If only he were with us today. <laughs> a moment of silence. <laughs> that would have been amazing if that's where that story went. If you were like, and and in all seriousness. Rip in peace. Be careful, children. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag never forget. Okay. Oh, man. So another thing we got a whole bunch of feedback from uh, on the last episode was the the goons donate uh, kingdom with rebuild and all that hot garbage in it? Um, there was a lot of discussion both on the YouTube channel and on the forums. So like everyone who gave feedback and and you know we we incorporated the feedback into the strategies we wanted to play for the previous one. Like we got a lot more feedback than I thought we were gonna get, and like that was amazing. So like if you gave feedback at all. Hardcore shout-outs, like, that made me really happy. But in particular, I want to give, like, a special thank you to Wandering Winder. Because, like, I mean, you haven't played Dominion in a really long time, like, since Empires and Nocturne. And, you know, there was some Empires in that, like, donates from Empires. And, like, all of the kingdoms, he, he put some really thoughtful stuff into his responses. And, like, bro... I'm I'm making the heart with my hands, the colloquial heart shape with my hands right now. So like if you're driving, you know, please please do it later, but like I'm doing that for you and I mean that. Like that was amazing. If everyone could be like wandering winder, the world would be a better place. Anyway, enough of me gushing about it. Um 
what I want to say, uh, let me just uh, rattle off this kingdom real quick. University, Masterpiece, Steward, Tunnel, Phaedom, Gardens, Mining Village, Quarry, Rebuild, Goons, and Donate. I don't feel like reading that again because that's not really the point. There was a lot of discussion because Donate is really interesting. Uh, Jake and I did play a game of this kingdom, right? Uh, do you remember that, Jake? We did play a game of this. And we had debated beforehand, a little bit previously in the episode, whether it was useful to use University and Steward for Draw and then plan on playing a lot of goons, or it was going to be better to play Rebuild and do what Rebuild does, especially with Tunnel and Gold Flooding. And I made the strong argument that it the answer was rebuild and that argument proved false <laughs> yeah i Adam, think why did, why did that argument prove false uh well goons kind of craps on that deck and uh goons is a really good card so like uh playing lots of goons in a turn that that's the whole point of this and uh you want to do that so like um multi goons is is really it's the strategy is way better. I think the opening is pretty interesting because with Donate, you can plan out a lot. I had said that I wanted to open Potion Steward, and it turns out that uh, after some after some theory crafting, uh, I just don't think going for University before donating is good because it's like in the best case, you get your University before donating, but a lot of times, you know, you don't see your potion until turn five and you're sad. And then, like, if, you're, if your opponent's also going for the same thing, the university tends not to be all that great. So if you wait until after donating to get your potion in your university, you can see if you're being mirrored. And then if you are being mirrored, then you can forgo that and just go directly to pretty much just trying to win the mining village split at that point. Yeah. Because at that point, the mining villages are your only source of draw, and uh, they're the most important card. So well, uh, Not like draw, but plus action right well yeah but since the only so like the draw here is steward right but you need mining mm -hmm. village because university plus steward doesn't increase your hand oh, size yeah. so mining village is like that core critical component without more mining villages you can't put more cards in your hand oh okay so you're looking at mining village as the source of draw assuming the presence of steward right um yeah okay yeah no i could be sold on that yeah um and yeah, so to reiterate why goons shut down rebuilds so hard and why attacks tend to shut down fragile combos in general, three-card hands suck, and it's hard to do anything with them. So, yeah. like, if you are playing... And, like, this was one example of it, but further insight into other Dominion boards, if you are going to go for that deck that plays Bishop and trashes a province and gains a province every turn or whatever, uh, you better hope there's no militia or <laughs> attack of any kind. Like, bear in mind that a always factor in the impact that attacks are going to have on any given strategy you are going for. And make sure that if it sucks to have that attack played on you, that you are playing it on your opponent. Don't forget to do that. It's important. Yeah, that's true, because then it will suck for them. And that's why we play Dominion, to make our opponents suffer. Yeah, that's uh, it's the main thing. That's um, why I play Dominion. We also, 
I like to put the VP tokens in my mouth. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. <laughs> uh, the other thing I really like about Dominion is buying rats. <laughs> that's the main reason I play Dominion, and it's also the meat of our podcast today. You know, speaking of rats and meat, I gotta tell you, I, I learned that <laughs> I there's like never say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I I learned that I learned that there's like a minimum standard that the USDA gives for a lot of meat products and canned products for like this is the or the maximum amount of rat poop you can have. And, like, it's not zero. And I just wanted you to know that. have that maximum. In Dominion, you can put as much rat poop in your deck as you want. Well, you can put up to 20 rat poops in your deck. Yeah. I mean, the supply is is the limiting factor. (laughs) That's right. So. (laughs) um, For anybody who doesn't know what rats does, uh, Adam, do you want to read it or do you want me to? Uh, I got it. So rats is a four-cost action from the Dark Ages expansion. It gives you a card and an action, and then it says, Gain a rats. Trash a card from your hand other than a rats, or reveal a hand of all rats. And then it says when you trash this plus one card. And And I just gotta say, the art, these rats are adorable. They are. I have named all of them. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's the name of the brown one in the middle? Toby. Oh, he's so cute. He's a little Toby. The other thing you should know about rats is that Instead of the usual 10 cards in the pile, there are actually 20. So So many rats. 20 rats. Yeah. That's why we say you can have up to 20 rats in your deck. That's so many rats. Um, Yeah, and we don't even have to, like, combine our sets to get there. If we did that, you could have 40 rats. That's true. You could play a variant of Dominion that is just 10 different supply piles of rats. (laughs) And then you could have 200 rats in your deck and your opponent would buy silver and win. Um, I mean, you could have, like, some of the rats be sleeved and some of them not be sleeved. (laughs) That's true. I'm digging it. Oh, God. So, like, you play this card. Um, no. So, you play (laughs) this card, and it turns all of the other cards in your deck into rats. Mm Mm-hmm. Until eventually, there are all rats. Yeah, and... What he's saying when he says you turn them into rats, you trash a card, and then you gain a rats. You are effectively trading out whatever other card it was for the rats, which is great in the that's beginning. Not, that's not great, Jake. When you Well, it's great when you have a <laughs> bunch of cards that you want to trash, but, but especially because it's gaining you another trasher, and trashing cards is amazing. Rats but, is amazing. But it's, but it's rats. Eventually... <laughs> yeah. See, all the rats do, I mean, it gives you, it's a cantrip, but, like, eventually, if your deck just has a bunch of rats and not much else, that's not good. No, no. So, trashing cards is considered one of the most powerful effects in Dominion. But really, what the most powerful effect in Dominion is when we talk (laughs) about trashing cards is thinning. And rats is not thinning your deck. Why is that? Okay, for a minute, I thought you were going to say, but really, the most powerful effect is turning your cards into rats. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 serious, serious, Jake, for a minute here. Even though rats is, fun fact, rats is actually my favorite card. Really? Are you sure? Oh, yeah, it's, like, the games where rats is good are the most fun I ever have playing Dominion. But we'll get to that. So, like... 
But why is rats not thinning? Uh, well, it doesn't decrease even though it's the trashing cards. It doesn't decrease the number of cards in your deck. So exactly, it's, it's not putting, thinning. It's replaced. <laughs> right. So it's not giving you control. Right. I mean, so I, I guess it, it doesn't give you control. Like there are arguments that people can make to where it like gives you a very slight benefit on some turns, and I don't buy that. No, I mean the number of times when you would rather have a rats in your hand or your deck than any other card are pretty slim. I mean, you'd rather have it than a curse a lot of the time. I, I mean, if you if you didn't intend to trash the rat, then yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much never. And like, yes, it's a cantrip, and so like if you have like City Bridge with no trashing, and all you want is to have that big turn, then like, yeah, if you have I think four rats and six of your starting cards, then your deck is slightly more consistent. But like, that's not something you play around. That's not something no. you ever build towards. Because it's not... It almost never matters, and when it does, the benefit is so slight, and you have all these rats, which are bad. Yeah, and it even doesn't... So, any action that gains copies of itself, you'd think that that's great to increase the action density of your deck, which a lot of cards care about, like Scrying Pool, and like you said, City Egg Quarter. Pie. Yeah, well, that but it doesn't. It, right. it doesn't with rats. Rats is the only action card that you don't want high density of because even if it's letting you draw a million cards with scrying pool it's also getting in the way of the cards you're trying to draw with scrying pool because little spoiler or cheat sheet for when rats is good if your strategy involves actually playing the rats you're on the wrong track you do not (laughs) want to be playing rats Um, but you could put pathfinding on rats huh you even put Pathfinding on rats, and you'll have 20 oh of them in your God. deck. You can draw so many cards. You could put Pathfinding on You could put Training on rats. Train yes! Rats. And, then, and then if you get all of them, you're getting 20 money a turn. That's so good. And it's so good, and you trash the province every turn that you buy with it. Because the trashing, by the way, is mandatory from rats, if that <laughs> isn't clear. Um, wow. So. For being your favorite card, you're being a little harsh on it. Don't you think? Oh. It's it's also amazing because look at, the utility. Look at Toby's rat. face. Like uh, look he at, kinda looks disappointed. No, look at that little at mark underneath his eye. That's that could be a tear. Aw. Okay, Toby, Toby, listen up. You are great and here's why. So have you ever been playing a game of Dominion and thought to yourself, Wow, all these cards in my hand, I wish they were four cost actions. <laughs> uh, every day, oh, Jake. Have- Every, every day. day. Yeah. And when is it good if every card in your deck is suddenly a four cost action? Uh well, I, I can think of a couple of things. So first is when you want them to cost four. Yeah. And second when they are when you want them to be actions. There and we go. Third when they are curses. <laughs> and you wish they weren't curses. Because the curses are negative points, no brainer, problem solved. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, these are like these are like three kind of categories for when you would rather have the rats, right? When you care that it costs four, when you care that it's an action, when you care that it's not worth negative points. Yeah, and 
Rats is so fantastic at doing that because it can turn all of your cards into different cards faster than anything else in the game. More efficiently. Just care about sheer trashing. It's also gaining copies of the thing that's trashing. So that helps. In terms of the snowballing trash potential, um, it is gaining copies of itself. So if you just want to turn all of your zero cost junk into four cost junk, rats can do that in a matter of like three shuffles. Um, and then your whole deck could be rats. I was going to say, you only have to spend one buy on it or one gain on it, which is kind of nice because it affects so many cards in your deck and like it's a cantrip until that happens. So it really doesn't hurt you in terms of pace as long as you're okay, like getting more rats. Right. Exactly. So, so like, I, I have these three categories, and, and I think it's worth it to, to go into a little more detail on it. So, mm-hmm. like, when do I care that the cards cost four? Uh, so there's this thing called trash for benefit, or what that means is uh, if you're going to trash the rat and, and the thing you're trashing the rat with cares about how much rats costs. Think so, about remodel. Yeah, remodel's the, the canonical trash for benefit because it cares – that the rat costs four, because now you can gain something better with it. So you would rather trash a rat than, like, a copper or something. Mm-hmm. So, so like, the best synergy with rats in this vein is going to be Apprentice. Apprentice rats is fantastic. Apprentice, yeah. you trash a rat, and you draw five cards, because you also draw a card when you trash the rat. And, like, that's amazing. Now, the caveat to that is you also have to have another plan with that deck, because... Again, it's like the joke of putting pathfinding on rats. All that draw is only good if you have something to draw into. So sure. um, the people will look at the bottom of when you trash this trash one card and go through all these weird little gymnastics of finding a way to trash rats to draw cards. And that's not that great of a that, benefit. It's, that doesn't it's a bonus. work. It doesn't no. actually increase the number of cards in your hand. No. It just increases the – it just substitutes for the fact that, like, when you trash the rat, you don't have to pay for initially drawing the rat like you do with most trashers. Like, it kind of mitigates the penalty of the fact that you had to draw it and then trash it. But, like, it, it, that's not it, – it doesn't – it doesn't draw you cards. It just kind of helps, right? Mm-hmm. You, it turns Lookout into a cantrip. No, that's still bad. Woo! Um, yeah. So, so apprentice is the big one, and I think the second best one is probably upgrade. Yeah, uh, upgrade rats. You you upgrade a rats, and you can get more upgrades. Then there's a lot of rats, so you could like empty the duchy pile. I think some mm-hmm. of the some of the faster three pile endings that people have like designed kingdoms for result revolve around like upgrade rats because you can just empty the rats and the upgrades and the duchies and like i think you can do it on like turn seven or eight or something it's it's pretty ridiculous i mean it's another note on rats that even though there are 20 cards in that pile you might blink and it'll be gone <laughs> those support toby uh he he gets busy you know he's he got does. places to be <laughs> he's got cards to eat he has the states to eat He'll eat anything. He's not picky, except for other rats. No, that would be that's just cannibalism. wrong. That's just yeah, wrong, it's, man. It's not cool. It's wrong. Don't you make Toby do that. It's no. not okay. It's also cheating. Uh, yeah, it's true. 
so, so the other thing, uh, the other reason why you would care about a card costing four other than trash for benefit is like defense. So if someone's playing knights or rogue or swindler on you, uh, sometimes you'd rather they hit a rat. Uh, this is where that plus one card uh, can help serve as a hard counter. So like if someone plays a knight on me and they reveal a rat, not only do I get rid of this rat, which is not a great card for my deck. Most but you time. put it in there, questionably. <laughs> but well, yeah. just for defense, maybe. Yeah. But like now I draw a card, my current turn is better, so like it could be a hard counter to those kind of trashing attacks. So that's a big sure. deal. And both knights and rogue are also in dark ages. So if you're playing dark ages heavy games or like, you know, five cards from dark ages or something, like that's actually kind of viable. Yeah. And, and like I wanna say that, that this is like the trash for benefit. That's like ninety percent of when rats is actually good. Like right. everything else that I'm gonna say is edge cases. Almost everything. There's a couple yes. of them that are okay. Like that's it. And also, and this is something I'm kind of pessimistic about, but just because there are a few factors that that lead to rats being good, like trash for benefit, doesn't mean rats is good or that it's the best thing you could be doing. It's true. Um, Rats is like kind of a support card in that case, right? Yeah. Now, the other thing that Rats is a very courteous card to you as a player. Um, have you ever been playing a game of Dominion and the game ends and maybe you won, but maybe you didn't, but you think back to yourself, was that strategy good? Was that the best thing I could have done? Rats will never leave you with that question. <laughs> You're either... <laughs> You're either going to dominate or you are going to lose spectacularly <laughs> with rats as the centerpiece to your strategy. It's like you see rats in tomb and you say, you know what? I've had a bad day. Screw it. <laughs> this is the kind of deck I'm building today. And it's either going to be amazing or it's going to fall on its face. And either way, I think you'll have fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah. So, in all seriousness, though, I think that Rats, when it is good, can be kind of a high skill card. Because, like, that kingdom you're talking about with, like, Upgrade and Duchy or anything that revolves around gaining a bunch of Rats and trashing them, you do need to know when to stop playing the Rats. And yeah. that's a, Yeah, that's, a, that's kind of like an ambassador-like area that can get a little fuzzy for a lot of players yeah you gotta be careful like you gotta keep track of how many rats are in your deck and make sure it's not too few or too many yeah you want to play them enough too because if you don't play them and gain them you're missing half the value yeah like the the best thing out there for gaining rats is rats by a lot yeah 100 percent. yeah so um i i kind of have like a list of of uh, a lot of the synergies for rats, the the notable ones, but some of the less notable ones. Mm -hmm. um, I think that uh, other than what I've said for trash for benefit, I think the other the other big synergy for rats is watchtower, because if you have yeah. a watchtower in hand, you can trash the rat that you gain. So now you don't add more rats to your deck, and you also draw an extra card. So that's pretty cool. So rats actually yeah, is... is a thinner in this case with watchtower. 
That is pretty amazing. I actually yeah. had not have not played with rats in Watchtower before. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, almost as pretty good. Pretty amazing, actually. Yeah, almost as good as when you find rats in the black market deck, since you can't grow more <laughs> rats. It's kind of like a junk dealer that doesn't give you a dollar and costs four. Just... Oh, God. I can't believe I said that. Rats Rats is, is a much better card when you get it from the black market deck. Don't... I can't believe I said... I'm embarrassed. Can't, I... I'm not going to edit that out, but oh, that's disgusting. I apologize. The real thing you should be embarrassed about is that you're playing a game with Black Market, but that's another yeah. topic for another day. That is that is very true. Uh, so there's uh, Tower, the landmark that gives you points for cards from an empty supply <laughs> pile. Uh, that's that's actually good. Rats and Tower is actually good. Let's put a big asterisk by that, though, and... <laughs> This kind of comes back to another concept of rats that um, rats could be really good in one respect, but if it isn't all you're going to be doing, like rats kind of needs to be your entire game plan or none of it, because if you are going for those tower points with rats, bear in mind, you're going to have 20 rats in your deck. I hope you don't need any of the other cards that you have. Because you're not going to have them. Yeah, would you say rats has to be your entire plan? I, I think rats being your entire plan doesn't mean have a deck of 20 rats and nothing else, okay? No, no. <laughs> Don't do that. No, no. bueno. Although. Okay, no, I can. No, no just don't. Just, just, um, just don't. Yeah. No, no. Okay, no. Uh, so so yeah. those are the those are the best ones. There's like some mediocre ones. Uh, city quarter, death cart, advanced scrying pool. Like I guess, so like these these cards are good. Like city quarter and scrying pool, like they're good cards, and so like rats can help make them give you the enablers that you need. And the fact that those cards are so amazing is really yeah. what's what's going on here. Rats is like a minor support that is bottom of the barrel for increasing your action density if you are absolutely desperate and nothing else will do. But sure, and I, I wouldn't even do it because most of the time even, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's not good. Like, here's the thing about using rats simply to increase your action density. Let's do a little thought experiment with Apothecary. Think about, you know what that card does. It draws a ton of copper from your deck. But like and sometimes you even think about putting more copper into your deck because Apothecary can draw it. And that's kind of like what you'd be thinking if you're putting rats into your City Quarter deck just because City Quarter can draw off it or Scrying Pool can draw it or something. But, like, what? pretend that copper didn't make any money and then would you put it in your deck just because you can draw it? No. Uh, well, okay, Absolutely. so... So, like, this, this analogy... I'm not... <laughs> okay, I don't I don't think this makes that much sense. So let me let me pick that apart and totally destroy you, Jake. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'll just minorly destroy you. So like yeah. in an apothecary deck, I'm right. only getting extra coppers if one, I have a way to reliably start my hand with apothecaries. And two, there's not a better way to increase my payload. So in that case, I would get I would consider getting more coppers. Apothecary is acting in this case like a filtering effect, saying you can go ahead and draw your deck as long as you start with some apothecaries, and, and now you don't have to worry so much about the coppers. That's what Apothecary is doing there, and that's a very specific effect. City Quarter? Um, City Quarter, 
I mean, I would never consider adding rats to my deck to to make City Quarter better. I would consider replacing other non-actions in my deck with rats to make my City Quarters better. So it's a very different thing that's happening here. I still think it holds up to a degree because you're talking about them only putting them into your deck when there's... Uh, you know, no better way. I I wouldn't even do it then because obviously it's much better to get rid of the non-actions and put only actions that you want to play in your deck. That's but obviously here's the better. Thing. What are you drawing into at that point? Like you have this hand of rats and city quarters and you're not and you trashed all the coppers, whatever. But like the goal of having the actions in your deck was to have the actions and the coppers or what have you, what mm. the silver or whatever so yeah i guess there's a requirement that whatever payload you have is good enough to justify giving up the seven dollars and three points you have so i mean if if the fact that your deck is more consistent makes the seven coppers the seven dollars a turn when you do draw your deck if it makes it that seem like not very important and the consistency is better then then yeah i would consider doing it but yeah you need a bigger payload something like bridge and goons and those kind of guys like, mm-hmm. that would make me consider building a deck that doesn't trash and aims to have just a few big turns. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So so that's, um, I, I guess that's what we learned from this analogy. I mean, <laughs> I Rats is not great there, right? I mean, just about anything else is better, but Rats is going to get the job done if nothing else will. Toby will come through for you in his own he... special way. Well, he'll do his best. <laughs> he'll do and his he'll bring, best. And he'll bring his friends. <laughs> he will, whether you like it or not. That's true. Um, yeah. So there's so, there's also Hermit in advance. So, like, yeah. rats oh, yeah. can be trashed by those, and, like, coppers and estates can't. So that's thinning. It's slow, and it's not great. But, hey, I mean, it's thinning, and sometimes you want that. Advance is more compelling because if there's something really good to advance into, um, like a lot rats. of the time, yeah, like you advance a rats and gain a rats. No, so you good. advance a rats and gain like I don't know a grand market or a goons or something. Like, it's kind um, of that's like a much easier way to get those cards than you know building a deck that buys them. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, vineyard. Uh, vineyard can be good. Rats is just good at gaining action cards. So like, yeah, vineyard, vineyard again, likes action cards. It's again we need to come back to the caveat though that rats is going to eventually be trashing the potion in the vineyard if you're not careful. <laughs> yeah, so, you gotta be careful. That's that's the thing is like if your plan revolves around doing anything but trashing the rats for a benefit, you need to operate with extreme caution. Yeah, it's true. Um, Herald, Vassal, Conspirator, those are cards that want higher action density. However, uh, Rats is not good with those. No. Because, you uh, might... you might accidentally play the Rats. Yeah. <laughs> and Which, you don't want As that. we discussed, you don't want to play Rats. <laughs> no bueno. Uh, Procession with Rats? Uh, hey, you get to... You get to trash the rat and draw the card, and you get to do the thing, but you gain two rats. So, like... Yeah. 
it's not even worse. It's not good. Yeah. Uh, so rats with lurker. Lurker can be a cantrip. Has the option to be a cantrip. It's uh, so broken. That's. I mean, that's a minor benefit, I guess. It's really bad. I mean, it's it's better than not, but man, if you're playing Lurker as a cantrip, then why did you buy Lurker, right? You bought a bad Pearl Diver. A uh, Pearl Diver with other options that you're choosing not to use. So yeah, bad Pearl Diver. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so there was one time I, I lost a game to Rats Market Square because my opponent desperately wanted to reveal Market Square, and the only way to trash a card to do that was Rats. Would you like to know the enabler they used? What was that? It was Vault. Okay. And, and it was actually pretty good. How, how did that work out? Uh, I lost. It was the best big money enabler on that well, board. Well, wait. How does, how does Rats enable... Market or how does Vault enable you to trash because with the Rats? Because it's... You don't, you don't ever trash the Rats, but, the, but Vault doesn't care. As long as it finds a gold, you get a province. Oh, you can just discard okay. all the rats in the market squares. You do dead. Like, it, Vault doesn't care. Vault just wants gold. Oh, at the very least, the rats are cards you can ditch to Vault. Sure, but, you know, the rats can help yeah. you reveal the market square. So, like, it didn't, okay. it didn't matter. So that was that was kind of cool. I mean, it's not great, but it, it won that game. That was fun. Uh, rats rats yeah. with Tomb is, is pretty decent. Um, <laughs> so sometimes... I, again, have a plan with that. Don't yeah. just... Don't just say, I'm going to get all my points by trashing with rats. You get one by a turn. It's not going to work. Yeah, um, you, need, you need some other stuff. But there's synergy. Yeah. You know? Two makes rats better. Sure. Uh, so rats can be pretty good when their rats pile is empty somehow or close to it. Yeah. And, like, this can happen if, I mean, obviously, uh, if your opponent screwed up real bad. But uh, in games <laughs> with more than two players, uh, this happens more often than never so i mean that's something uh but but it is kind of rare because if your opponent didn't mess up then normally you should have been going for rats earlier and then the fact that they ran out is maybe okay and maybe a benefit but i mean you wanted rats anyway in that in that case so well the other time when the the other thing making that less relevant in most games is that the rats pile being empty implies that the game has kind of come to a head a little bit or at least progressed. You know, yeah. you're at least in the mid to late game and that trashing is probably significantly less good. Yeah. That that's a very, yeah, that's, that's a very good point. So like, this is not great. Yeah. And, and I, I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention the, uh, the rats pile out potential. So, so the idea is there's yeah. two piles empty, and um, you have you've drawn your deck except for maybe one card, and if that card or like maybe one card and and some amount of rats on top of that. Sure. And um, what you do is you have two rats in your hand. You you play a rat. You draw one card, maybe or you don't have to. You gain a rat, and then you know you're trashing all of your deck that isn't in play. So this is not super fantastic, but then you, you have these two rats and if you just play a rat and you, you draw the rat that you gained and, and you can repeat this until the rats pile is empty and you've trashed all of your hand. So now the only thing left in your deck at the end of the game, because rats was the third pile is, is what's in play. 
So it's hard to get VP cards in play. So when when is this actually good? Uh, well, the most common is if there's a lot of curses flying around, right? The what's in your hand is curses. So you're trashing them and gaining points, and maybe your opponent has some curses. You could win with zero points, and they have a negative score. Yeah, ill-gotten gains comes to mind. Yeah, I mean, if there's curses flying around and and no other way to trash them besides rats, then, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. you could find yourself in this situation. Or maybe, like, if there's VP tokens or some landmarks out that can Mm -hmm. give you a lead. Uh, So you have to empty two piles other than rats. And if curses are empty, that's a pile, so that helps a lot, right? So we're kind of getting to a point where maybe this could could see play, yeah? So you need to draw your deck... And have two rats in hand. Oh god, how are you going to manage that with the curses empty unless you are already winning and you just want style points? So, <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Great. Uh, I am done talking about rats. No, yeah, I mean, I think that we've explored most, if not all, the strategic space of rats. Not to say it isn't there, but it's fairly narrow. Um. There is a lot to to explore in terms of executing a successful strategy that involves rats or recognizing one when you see it. Um, a little cheat sheet there would be that, again, if your strategy involves playing the rats, you're on the wrong track and trash for benefit is your friend. If you're looking at a rats board, a board that has rats on it, and you start thinking to yourself, is this maybe going to work? The answer is no. You're going to know almost 100%. There's not going to be a doubt in your mind that rats is the way to go. And if there is that doubt, there's probably something else better on that board. All right. All right. Well, that, yeah. that was some Still, delicious. It's my, favorite. it's my favorite card, though. Yeah. Uh, that was that was some delicious rat meat. Yeah, no, the rat meat sandwich I think was really successful. Yeah, uh, I, but I gotta tell you, I'm I'm really itching for some bread, but I don't want just any bread. What kind of bread do you want, Adam? I want some rat bread. Oh, some ratty bread. I I was not expecting it to go there. <laughs> I guess I should have been right. Like you should have been. Yeah. Been. So uh, let's. Uh, you, you want me to? You want me to read you some ratty bread? Yeah. Yeah, definitely do. Cool. So we've got fool's gold, raise, sage, dismantle, quarry, rats. Oh yeah. City, outpost, treasure trove, wharf, and we have colonnade and fountain. Once again, for our audio-only listeners, fool's gold, raise. Sage, Dismantle, Quarry, Rats, City, Outpost, Treasure Trove, Wharf, and Colonnade and Fountain are our landmarks. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think of Rats here? It's questionable. It is questionable, but it could be it's really good. Um, I mean, so, Rats and Rays are the two things that draw my eye yeah on this board raises trash for benefit you found it man that's i mean is that good i mean no. i would rather raise a rat than a copper and if i want to thin true. coppers then you know 
I could see it. I could see it. Yeah, and you could make an argument for it making Treasure Trove slightly faster because, you know, the rats had raised together. You sift through and find your treasure troves. You trash all the copper with the rats. You raise the rats. You might be able to argue there's good big money times there. Maybe you throw in a war for two. Yeah. I I don't think it... Um, is as good though as ignoring rats and buying rays in lost cities and wharves and okay uh, so maybe some fool's golds so so it's just regular city not lost city but uh so there's there's another synergy here oh, though. There's, sorry there's dismantle with rats yeah so uh you know i would rather dismantle a rat than uh a copper if i wanted to get a gold Right. Right, which is only good if you've already dismantled all your estates. Right. Uh dismantling an estate is only slightly worse than dismantling a rat. Although, I mean, with when you dismantle a rat, you can get a sage or a raise or a fool's gold if you wanted. Okay. And you can't say that for a state. I mean, those are better cards than copper for sure. Unless you're going for yeah. fountain. Uh so yeah. so like rats, I, I could see rats being kind of okay here. So do you see a different strategy where you ignore the robust thinning and make sure you get your fountain points? Uh, Is there support for that? Definitely. So like Wharf Fool's Gold is a good strategy. Wharf Wharf Treasure Trove is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Just big money I think is very strong here. You could open like Dismantle Silver. And you could aim to pick up wharves and treasure troves and just, like, use Dismantle to turn the states into golds. You don't even yeah. need treasure troves to get fountain points if you manage to dismantle all your estates. Eh? That's true. People do tend to, a lot of the time, intermediate Dominion players will start to think that silver and gold are bad cards because they're not actions. And that's not true. Yellow doesn't always equal purple. I I think big money is pretty strong here. I mean, there's there's a pretty high payload deck you can build here, right? I mean, City is a great card. Wharf and Outpost have synergy, so you can take a lot of turns. Um, the the problem I see is that there's nothing to slow the big money deck down. There's no attack. There's no right. way to catch up because Fountain. I mean, the big money deck's gonna get those points, so that's not gonna help you. And Colonnade, you might get, like, four VP tokens advantage on them. Yeah. But I'm, I kind of think big money is best here. Even though there's a, a cool high payload deck you can build with City Wharf Outposts and do this rat stuff to get thin. It might not this, be fast enough. If you give this board to me, I think I'm playing big money. What flavor of big money if I'm going for Fool's Gold? I would I'd probably open Wharf Fool's Gold on a 5-2, on a 4-3. On a Dismantle I don't know. Silver. I'm not sold that Fool's Gold even has to enter into the equation. You, um, I could see Fool's Gold, like, if I'm playing the high payload deck, and I have uh, a bunch of buys, and I thinned a lot aggressively. Fool's Gold is a great way to, to uh, throw some payload in your deck super fast. So I could right. see it being good in that deck. Yeah. Um, I think that if you are 
doing anything that has become a little less reliable or less consistent, like the big money deck or um, some other flavor of high payload, you probably ignore Fool's Gold and go for Treasure Trove instead. Yeah, Treasure Trove is, uh, well, it's a good card. Especially, like, Treasure Trove's pretty good if you've, like, thinned a few coppers, but then you want fountain points. Treasure Trove's yeah. pretty good in that, in that sitch. Right. You want a lot of wards, though. And I think the, the big money player is going to want a good number of them. The big money player is going to be incentivized to get warbs for colonnade points, uh, which will be pretty easy. And also, they're orange, so they miss shuffles, so you, you generally want more of them. Yeah, that's true. And then once they're gone, City is an amazing card. That's true. Although, if I'm which playing... Which enables your warbs. Uh, yeah, it helps a lot. Uh, do, do you think big money is good here? Or do you think you would play a higher payload deck? I am not really sold 100% either way. And a lot of it would probably be down to opportunity. Like, did I open with a 5-2? Did I... Is my do I have some good opportunities to get colonnade points and also get the card I want anyway and see what was in my deck and then kind of feel out from there? But both high payload decks and big money, they're both really strong here. Um, I would probably open with a dismantle either way. Okay. I think. I think that's pretty good, and I don't know if it's ignorable. Okay. I'd probably go dismantle raise on a three four. What about you? Three four dismantle silver. Yeah, dismantle silver. silver. Yeah, you wouldn't get the raise. No, the raise isn't. I mean, I really want to dismantle my estates. I mean, I want to do that too, but I want to trash everything like really quickly. I, I'm playing big get- money. I'm not. I'm not interested in super aggressive thinning. I I want to gain gold with dismantle. Okay. All right, that'd be interesting because I, I I do like the aggressive thinning here because I do want to be getting to the point where treasure trove becomes a really viable payload card. I I'm just really quickly. I'm really not interested in thinning coppers at all. Like fountain is great. <laughs> Fountain's great, but like. I can get those points later. Okay. I mean, I'm playing big money. Trashing coppers in big money without colonies is rarely worth it. Like, it's it's really only when junking attacks are around that, that it's good. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think it's necessary here. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll uh, play a few games of it and see whose strategy ends up on top. Yeah. And, and uh, as before... Uh, there's the forums. If you go to adamhorton.com, you can you'll be linked to the blog, and you can easily find the forums from there. If you're listening to this on YouTube, uh, just throw some stuff in the comments section. I'll be responsive to that. Uh, I appreciate like all of the feedback that that was given last time, and interacting with you guys, the listeners. That's the best part of this. It's my one of my favorite parts about doing this, and and I think it's the most important part about what we're doing like I, I want you to feel like you can 
tell us stuff and we take it seriously. And I hope we did a good job of that last time. And, and I hope that you continue to give us feedback. I, I, I think that's really important and, and I don't want you to be shy about that. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to, to either of us, but those are the, the best places to do it. Uh, but you can find pretty much any way you can get a hold of us. Either one of us is, is valid for this. And so we're, we're happy yeah. to hear from you. And uh, to get a hold of us, Adam, you'll you find us in different places. Adam's very active on Reddit, um, and I am around on the Dominion client. Uh, I'll occasionally pop in on the Dominion strategy wiki. My name is Screw You, Y I O U X. Adam's is usually Adam Horton. Yeah. Uh, uh, I respond to private messages, uh, I try and do that. Uh... As quickly as I can, but it, yeah, it's it's very important to me that that we stay engaged with you guys. The feedback from the last episode was was great, and I want to keep that going. Thank you a lot for that. Oh, and definitely also let us know if there are any cards or concepts about Dominion that you want to hear extrapolated on, uh, because we would love to. I mean, obviously, there's no shortage of things to talk about in this game, but let us know what you want to hear. Yeah, we got. There's a whole section on the the forums for the Wake Up Meeples blog. That was that's my blog that I, that I talked about earlier. There was a suggestion there. I think it's a great idea. We're probably going to do an episode about it when it makes sense. We, ha- I mean, we have a couple in the queue that we want to get to immediately for various reasons. But like that's happening because it was a good idea. And if you have a good idea, whether it's a card or a concept or just a general question, even if it doesn't take up a whole episode, <laughs> like we want to hear about it and we'll probably do it. Like that's going to get a higher priority than the stuff that we have. So like, please do that. This it's really great yeah. stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I have a golden retriever puppy here and, uh, we, we got to take care of that. So, uh, yep. I think that's we have a raffle we... to fulfill <laughs> yeah. and I have a scorpion to feed. <laughs> hungry, hungry little guy, hungry scorpion. Be ready. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for By listening. By the way, if your name gets drawn, uh, even if you ask me not to send you the scorpion, you won the raffle and you're getting the scorpion. <laughs> Sounds fair. It's it's really, really yeah. the only fair thing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to get it. I mean, this thing can't stay in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. It's no bueno. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. See you next time. Thank you.